So what I've learned through this work is that I can allow the emotion, the energy to be in motion. And when I make space for that, it goes away. Even grief, grief can take longer. There's no time frame here, but it is what it is. But if I can soften and allow the wave to come over me and I give space for it to show up, to reach the peak of the experience and to discharge, I can function much better in the world because I'm not spending so much energy trying not to feel the emotion or not to feel the feeling. Death is a vital part of life. It initiates us into change. It is inevitable. We face our fears and enter our death portals, shedding old skins and ways of being, grieving our losses and re-emerging anew. I'm Ellen Wong. I'm a storyteller and entheogenic death companion. I invite you to enter this portal of discovery with me and together, Let's break our fearful silence and uplift our stories of death and grief so that we can all be inspired to live our lives loud. Welcome to Mom. Hey y'all, this is Ellen Wong. I am the host of Mom, and welcome back to another episode. Today, I am really grateful to be introducing Kimberly Ward, who is the founder and CEO of Somagetics, a modality and practice that I recently got certified in. Kimberly describes Somagetics as a trailblazing company dedicated to enlightening individuals about the profound impact of trauma and providing accessible tools for healing. I had the honor of meeting Kimberly and her then um, co-founder partner, Laura Fine, who became my mentor in this program back in 2022. And it's through this program that I received my trauma education, um, really learning how to work with the body, learning how the nervous system works, how it charges up, how it discharges. And what was so interesting and pivotal about my education in this was just starting to understand the ways that my body developed defensive survival techniques that really allowed energy to flow through and shape my body as I was growing up. And it really informed the way I show up in challenging situations, um, particular ones that trigger me and, and bring up old defensive patternings and responses. And so by learning this modality, somagetics, and um, when I was starting this certification program, it was called transpersonal energy healing. I quickly began to have a better understanding of, of the way my body works and by practicing this and learning the tools through the certification program, I started to widen out my window of tolerance, being able to be with really uncomfortable emotions and sensations and to be present and also to allow these emotions and this energy to pass through my body, 
not resisting, but just honor what my experience is, my very human experience, and just allow the energy to pass through. One of the things that I feel has really changed my life is the understanding that my body actually works in a beautiful way. Like all of our bodies are designed to be able to charge up whenever we're in danger and to discharge as well. And so if I give my body space to discharge by simply being with the uncomfortable emotions or comfortable sensations and allow that to kind of flow through and pass through me, my body will eventually discharge. And I think it's in the resistance that of these uncomfortable feelings of the pain, the grief, the sadness, the anger, all these, um, you know, uh, difficult emotions to hold within our bodies by resisting it. That's actually what causes the trauma response. So it's, it's truly changed my life. And so today I'm just really grateful to have Kimberly here. She is going to be sharing her journey leading up to somagetics. She actually came into healing work quite young, having a mother who was a nurse, and she got the opportunity to work with terminally ill cancer patients as a body worker, um, and then also becoming a birth midwife um, earlier on in her career. All of these experiences kind of guided her into Um, along with some of her personal experiences into her journey with Laura Fine to create transpersonal energy healing and somagetics. So I'm really grateful to be able to share her story and to talk about trauma, especially right now, because when we recorded this episode, the situation with Israel and Palestine had just erupted and it was during a particularly intense week, the first week of the violence and, um, the war that was going on or that is still going on. And I just found that this conversation was so divinely timed because we all hold trauma. If we all are able to have a deeper understanding of trauma and work with the body to be able to widen out that window of tolerance and discharge, you know, allow our bodies to discharge these energies or or these, these emotions. um, I feel like we can come to, just a more compassionate and loving place, recognizing that we are the infinite and essential being. We are the consciousness that is observing this human experience through our bodies and that we aren't our bodies and that all the grief and pain that comes through in this human life is temporary. Everything is always shifting. Everything is always changing. And we are unable to hold on to anything, really. And so these moments come through to remind us, I feel, of how big our hearts are, how much love we can hold, how deeply we can feel, and how deeply we are truly connected to one another, to the earth, to the cosmos. Let's all close our eyes if you're in a place where you can do so and take a deep breath in through your nose. Exhaling with gratitude to the earth. It's my honor to introduce Kimberly. I think the way I want to begin this conversation, I'm just, first of all, so grateful to know you and to know that you exist and to have had 
this last year walking with you through the first transpersonal energy healing and now so somagetics um portal i want to call it a portal it was a, a class a training um a certification but it for me was it was really much very much a portal of of death and rebirth into something that i feel like i'm still um, finding my way through but i think the techniques and the skills and the training that i received from you and also from your co-creator partner um, laura fine who was my mentor um, before she died earlier this year i it was there's no like price tag i could put on it it was it's priceless in this this experience has been life-changing for me. So I kind of want to start there and just say thank you. <laughs> thank you for just doing what you do and creating what you created with Laura and now have taken on um, on your own too. Thank you for acknowledging that, Ellen. It was um, very lovely having your presence um, with me and Laura during this interesting phase of our time together on the planet. And um, it was also very much a transformation for me going through um, right along with you and the other students in the program. The first six, six months of our program, we had Laura with us in the body on the planet and the second six months uh, we had her in spirit mm. and so it was lovely having you along with me and um, the rest of of the team as we experienced that process together yeah i feel like her passing um it was something that i i don't think i quite realized how hard it would hit me and how deep that grief would feel. Um, and for me personally, I think I'm seeing sort of this mm, series of events in my life that led me into death doula work. And I really do feel like, I do feel like Laura is here right now. And I do feel like her death was something that I, um, it was actually a gift to me to experience um, knowing her embodied and then also very much feeling her support and her energy as we continued on through the course and then into my own personal death doula training which again i feel like i felt her with me there too which happened in march so not that long after her passing um I'd love to kind of go back in time a little bit and talk about the experiences that you've had in your, your kind of, um, how do I want to say this? It's like the shaping of you, you know, the, the growth of you as um, a healer, a facil facilitator, a human being. And you mentioned that you uh, had been a birth doula at one point in your life, a midwife, um, and also that you had this opportunity to work with and be with people who were terminally ill, um, cancer patients. So I'd love to kind of start there and go back in time and talk a little bit about your experiences there 
mm-hmm. and how it's kind of led into um, somatics because I feel like everything's always so tied together. Yeah. Sure, I I'd actually like to to backpedal even a little bit further before I started um, working in a career. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just had been born into an experience where I have a very clear sense of my soul, my essential self. So I know that many people don't have that experience, mm. right? that they don't have memory or a, a sense of who they are outside of their body. Mm. So I feel very blessed that I got to show up here in this life with a sense of that essential self inside of me. And all of my experiences are probably, you know, influenced by that sense of myself being an eternal being, having an experience um, on the planet. Can I ask you, like, as a, as a child, what did that look like for you, or what did that feel like for you? Some of my first memories are of watching my body from the corner of the room. Like, I I would watch myself getting. I remember um, the family dog licking my feet hearing the sound of the laughter coming from my body. Um, I think some of my trauma kept me out of my body. It kept me a little dissociated. Um, And so it was very easy for me to disconnect from the body. Uh, The gift in that is it made me very aware of who I am and what was the experience versus who I am as a being and my consciousness. Um, So I grew, well, I was born at a time my uh, maternal grandmother had passed three weeks before I was born and my father was in Vietnam. So my mother was about to give birth to me when her mother passed and she didn't know if her husband was going to come home alive. I'm getting chills even thinking about just where she was at that time in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The loss of her mother and her best friend. Mm-hmm. and the possible loss of her partner, her husband, and bringing a child into the world. So I, I suppose I was born into this um, anxious and grief-filled home. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother shares with me that it was a joy to have a baby around. You know, new life made a difference for everyone. Um, and... I always felt so much love, but I had the experience of feeling the universal love Um, and just had, I've just always had access to that. So I keep that in mind as I work with, with my clients and and people that they don't necessarily have access to that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's my purpose in the world is to help people see that they are more than they think they are, that they are an eternal being having an experience. And I have found through the somatic trauma healing that often our trauma is the way back to finding that essence of who we really are. Hmm. I love the way you put that because I feel like recently I've been having a lot of conversations, I think particularly as we're we're recording this, um, as everything has blown up in the Middle East, And so I think conversation around trauma has been more heightened. I don't think it ever leaves my world because that's just the world that I'm in, but um, many more conversations around just like, why is this happening? Why trauma? 
why does this have to be in this way, you know? But I really appreciate that um, your perspective that the trauma is our way back to this universal nature, our essential being. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, the perspective and lens through I that I see the world through, I know is very different than other people. And when I was younger, um, it was something I, I I hid from people. I I wasn't comfortable sharing that. Um, and I grew up with a mother who was a nurse in the in Western medicine, but she taught energy healing classes out of our home when I was a child. So my parents would facilitate these classes and I would come home from school and there would be people laying on my floor with nurses doing hands-on healing. And um, I got to hear the stories and meet people who had miraculous healing experiences of, you know, healing brain tumors and all different amazing healings happening. And so it was just my understanding of the potential of the human being. Um, and I recognize that other people didn't necessarily know that or see the world that way. So I wanted to go into the world of healing, um, but I wanted to kind of do it more of scientifically because I was a little bit uncomfortable with the kind of woo-woo, you know, healing, spiritual stuff that was very real to me, more real, in fact, than the rest of my experience. But I was a kid and I was uncomfortable with it and it wasn't cool. So I kind of turned that part of myself off. For a little while and I um, started my career wanted to go to medical school got into working for a clinic and realized oh no I don't want to be an MD <laughs> uh, but I did want to be a holistic doctor OBGYN I found that the midwives had the best job ever um, I didn't have any nursing classes I just had pre-med classes so uh, I was actually putting myself through school doing massage therapy, body work. So I started off as a body worker working with all different types of illness and issue issues, but a lot of cancer patients, a lot of terminally ill patients. So very early, I was 20, 21 years old, literally sitting with people that were dying and their families. And I loved that work because to me, it was an incredibly sacred experience to be with somebody and their loved ones as they're transitioning. Now, of course, my lens was different than even the patients and the, the family members that I worked with, that I just knew there was more happening than this final death experience that they often perceived it as, but it was still a very sacred um, thing for me. I, I, I loved being with people and being a witness to this sacred process. Wow. So can I, can I ask us almost like a sidebar kind of question mm -hmm. because you're doing this body work, especially with people who are at the end of their life. And I'm curious because this has come up in my, my personal sort of like um, research too. I'm curious how you approached that as a body worker was a lot of, just gentle laying of hands on the body to comfort or what did it look like for you depending on the patient or the client and their issues some sometimes you don't want to do deeper hands-on work especially if there's tumors or blood clots 
um, we want to be careful of pushing things around in the system. And, and so I found that there's can be even often more powerful experience, which is very light touch or no touch at all, just hands above the body, maybe even holding the temples or just holding the feet. And um, so that was a beautiful experience to have connection and to get to energetically sense and physically feel what it's like for somebody in this transition of mm. of moving from living in a body to not living in a body wow yeah i can imagine like mm. the words like it feels like such a gift to be, have been able to be invited to that it space. is it's such an honor to be i love how you said that invited into that space of this really sacred time in someone's life and and for the lives of their family members as well to um to hold space with them and to honor the sacredness of the process yeah i was just um at this death doula alumni summit summit about two weekends ago and um the very first panel was a panel of death doulas and birth doulas they they wore both hats and it was talking about the the experience of being both you know and somebody had put it in a really interesting way that i never really thought about it before but that they were talking about it in energetic terms where when a child is being born it's it they're both portals right portals for the divine to come through and i find it so interesting that you've had this experience of being a you know being with people at the end of their life as well as being a uh, like a, a midwife, a birth doula. And I'm curious from your perspective, what is that juxtaposition like for you? Because I find it so fascinating um, and so powerful to be able to bear witness at these two very um, just life-defining crucial moments of, um, yeah. It's the same feeling for me energetically i'm not talking emotions i'm just talking about the energetic experience it is a portal and there is a an energetic sensation um an awareness that for me is addicting it is it is so incredibly powerful and beautiful and sacred and what what i love about it so much is that you are so incredibly present in the moment mm. that I don't have that a lot in my day-to-day -day life, you know, running a business and being a wife and, you know, all of the things that I do as a mother and friend and business owner, I don't often have that same kind of incredible focus and presence that I experience when I'm around death or birth. Hmm. So for me, it is, there might be very different emotional feelings but the energetic feeling and the spiritual awareness and the absolute focus on the present moment is just what gets me more excited than anything else. Like being able to be in that experience and nothing else in the whole world matters, but right this moment of your, your focused awareness is this incredibly sacred sense of god mm. so that's what it is for me whatever word you want to use for that creative force for me it is um nothing else matters but wow. to have that experience in that moment and it's addictive 
Wow. What did you find challenging about both, um, yeah, both kinds of work? Mm. That's a great question. I don't even think of it as being challenging. Like I, I look back at those times in my life and that's the easiest, most natural thing in the world. It's not work. It's just showing up. Hmm. I feel like there's something, I mean, everything that you're sharing right now is really profound because it feels so like there are challenging moments that I, I can imagine having not actually been able or been given the, the opportunity yet to walk with somebody at the very, very end of their life. But what it's coming to mind is that there's a lot of your own attachments that may cause that feeling of resistance to come through or um, whatever the painful kind of experiences. But as I'm witnessing you talking about it, I just feel like you were created for this purpose of, you know, just there's this ease and this peace to it that I feel is um, rare. Mm -hmm. I wish I had the same ease and peace in all of the other areas of my life. (laughs) And I think maybe that's why it's such an addicting thing to be with somebody in transition is what I get the most excited about, whether it's death, whether it's birth, whether it's trauma healing, which to me, again, is that, as I shared earlier, is that beautiful transformation process. Um, could even call it a death and rebirth, right? To, is to heal that trauma. And I definitely have challenges in the world, but I think, and I recognize I have easier access, I think, to this experience than other people often do, which is why I'm so excited to help them have this experience is that when we can be in, have the opportunity to be that focused in the present moment, Mm -hmm. it's not challenging. It just is. And it's, it's not work. It's not sad. It's not scary. Mm -hmm. It's just focused awareness that Mm -hmm. is so natural and so easy and so okay whatever is happening it's just okay and time is different like it's the the, you don't experience time in the same way you know I would be at a birth for 24 hours it felt like an hour you know or at a or or the other way around you know (laughs) um so it's it's just uh, it's my way of um experiencing that absolute surrender to the present moment and non-attachment to anything that happens surrender is really the word that keeps on wanting to come through like Mm -hmm. i don't know if i have personally witnessed somebody in this very um in the peace of the surrender to this level and it's just it's beautiful to witness in you and i think it really does help with the trauma work that you do. And I just, I love the term that you use, sacred transformation. I don't know if I've actually heard it put in that way before, but it is, it's so much of a sacred transformation. Um, and this is where I find myself in, in the space right now. You know, the work that's in front of me is companioning people through these sacred transformations or death in life kind of transformations. 
So I'd love to kind of get into somagetics and perhaps the origin of somagetics with you and Laura co-creating this together and, you know, what it's founded upon, how you guys kind of came together to create this, why you came together to create this. Let's start there. If you're in the midst of a life transition, a death portal, I'm talking to you. Congratulations on your initiation into a big transformation. I created my death rebirth mentorship program to companion you through this death portal, shedding relationships, careers, patterns of behavior, aspects of your personality that no longer serve. For 13 weeks, I walk right next to you as you learn to be with the sensations of your body, facing your fears, your wounds, your anger, shame, grief. You learn how to befriend and soften your inner critic. You discover the root of your scarcity, your fears of abandonment and failure. You release the unresolved charge from ancestral and developmental wounds. You start to see the signs and nudges from the universe, the unseen, nature. You suddenly realize you are never walking alone. You begin to hear your body's messages through sensation and emotion. You become your inner child's BFF. You become whole again. You recognize your gifts and begin to realign to the values of your infinite and essential being. You get clear. By bravely walking through this death portal, you develop a trust and a belief that allows you to fully surrender into your most easeful, powerful expression of you. Go to tripwithellen.com and sign up for a free discovery call. Listeners of Mom get $250 off if you mention this podcast during our call. Thank you for the honor of witnessing, companioning, and guiding you through this death and rebirth. Well, if I could backtrack a little bit and just explain, I, I had um, been training and working as a midwife when I had my own child and as a home birth midwife, planning a home birth, spent the first 24 hours at home um, in effort to have a home birth and everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And, and it was very traumatizing for me, actually. Um, and right after my son was born, he was so sick. I couldn't work. I was taking some time off. And at that time, my husband who had an undiagnosed, pretty severe mental illness had his first psychotic break. So I had a lot of trauma. Um, and I had to find a way to feel better and make money and support a family and deal with a colicky newborn, this trauma that I had just, that we had both gone through and a husband that wasn't functional. And in fact, was incredibly, incredibly sick. So I had to get a job. I could not, I could not practice midwifery. It was too traumatizing for me. Got a job in the corporate world and, um, actually loved it. I worked, um, 
for a company that did nutritional coaching using functional nutrition, um, and uh, which was very exciting for me. And I'm very passionate about that work, you know, healing with food, food is medicine. And I got the chance to literally work with thousands of clients and I trained hundreds of coaches and I found I love, 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 love supporting new practitioners uh, and helping them with their skills to help others. And part of that is I can only help so many people on my own in a, in a one-on-one practice. And I just have always had this desire to be able to help more people. Um, so I loved that work until it came to the point where I realized that my unresolved trauma from childhood and from specifically from my birth, as well as my husband being so ill and the trauma around that experience, I had a lot of unresolved trauma that was making me sick physically. So I had to step back and I had to pay attention to my body. Um, I had to slow down and really reevaluate the direction that my life was taking. And I knew that my clients were not getting better if they had unresolved trauma. Like I knew that instinctively after watching, you know, being a holistic practitioner for so many years, I knew that trauma was a a reason why some people didn't get better, regardless of them doing the protocol perfectly. That was really good protocol that should be working and they weren't getting better or they couldn't follow the protocol because they were doing like self-sabotaging behaviors rooted in childhood trauma or traumatizing events later in life. So I quit the corporate world. Um, I went back into private practice as a holistic practitioner, and I knew that I wanted to become a somatic trauma therapist because I knew that no matter how much I wanted to help people with food as medicine, if they didn't resolve that trauma, they didn't get very far with their healing. So I just quit my whole life. I uh, remarried, I uh, moved, and I started a whole new life. And I started every kind of somatic training I could find. I just took I was just like so many different certifications and all these different healing modalities. And they were great. And I kind of kind of pulled a few tools from each one and was practicing. And I was at a um, conference and I saw Laura Fine working up on stage. And as I watched her do her process that she calls transpersonal energy healing, I was so enamored by it. Like instantly I was like, there's so much about her. That's like me that, Oh, I'm, that's what, that's what I do. But she was an absolute master. I mean, just a master at it. And so I knew, I just knew watching her that I want to be her when I grow up, you know, I want to, (laughs) I want to be that good at it. And one of the things that, well, the thing that I loved most about Laura's work was that she had no ego. It was never about her. It was always about her helping the client to find their own answer. Hmm. And no, none of my other mentors did that in that way at that level. And, um, so I 
just I just put everything else aside and I did Laura's training at the time she had a school called Lionheart and in Southern California and I lived in Colorado at the time so I had to fly out many many weekends to do her extensive training and uh, got certified in her process and then in 2018 she transitioned from having an in-person school to um wanting to work more online and kind of pull back, not work as much. So she sold the school and she was working her, her content still. She's so passionate about training practitioners as well. So she kind of transitioned and we, at that point teamed up and what, what she liked about my work was a lot of the, um, the somatic trauma work around the nervous system um, and more of the neuroscience, the neurosciencey mm. stuff, which I love. Uh, and we, it was just this natural, um, just natural combination of her energy healing focus, which I have roots in energy healing, grew up around it, right? Um, went to healing school, learned more about it. But I, I kind of was very excited more about the sciencey stuff. And and so it was just this natural, beautiful partnership of her work and my work. And so we started a mem- membership group. We started training um, in her methods and combining her methods with my methods. And it was just this natural, beautiful connection of and marriage of our work. And so we had um, been working together for quite a few years and COVID hit and we had the opportunity to just go for it, just all hands on deck and create this certification program. And the summer, last summer, um, before she passed in January of this year, she had had this, what she called this massive download of information. And she put all of her life's work into a pretty simple and concise um, system of healing. Mm. And so we rearranged our certification program around this process and wasn't quite complete, but we launched it and we started and you were in that first um, class. And then out of the blue, suddenly we found out that she had passed. It's crazy hearing this like play by play kind of like explanation of like what got you to this point at which I was able to be a recipient of both of your knowledge and wisdom. And I think being a student of yours and Laura's, what I found so refreshing was exactly what you were sharing. It's the beautiful merging of the energy healing with a foundational of of science, you know, that I didn't get in my Reiki training, that I didn't get much in um, even my breathwork certification, you know, it wasn't really explained to the degree that you guys did in this particular training. And I appreciate understanding the nervous system. For me, I feel like that was a game changer and it may seem really complicated on the outset, you know, a little bit daunting to understand how the ANS works. But for me, I realized, you know, there's a lot of skills that layered on top of that. But the 
core understanding of what's happening in the body and how we charge up and what's really happening in that sort of trauma experience, um, it's invaluable. And I feel like every person who is in energy healing would benefit from understanding this as well, as well as the, um, the skills that you guys teach. Um, yeah. I'm curious if, if you feel like you could uh, sort of encapsulate what somagetics, like the sort of the, the, the foundational principles of somagetics. Yeah, absolutely. So soma is means body and jetics is for energetics, right? So we are really focusing on the somatic body-based energetic experience. And of course, it's trauma informed, because really, I think most of our suffering in the world comes from our ability to respond to our challenges, or inability to respond appropriately to the challenges, because life is going to happen, we're going to have challenges, we're going to have danger, we're going to have stress. The problem doesn't come from things happening to us. The problem comes when we don't have really healthy resources to get through what happens to us. And so we work through the body from the perspective of energy versus cognitive behavioral therapy, where we're working with just the cognitive mind and maybe, you know, doing some breath work or meditation or mindfulness, which is very helpful. But I have found that coming at it from an energetic perspective makes healing much faster and much easier with just a few simple tools when learning to work with the body and the energetics of the body we have bodies but we are not the body core foundational um, concept in somagetics is that you are not your body you are living with and experiencing the world through the body. And many of us, and we've all had trauma, but all to different degrees, right? Many of us that had more severe trauma, especially earlier in, in childhood, were very identified with our experience and not with our essential self that's having the experience. Mm -hmm. So when we can learn about the body and have the natural reaction to our stressful environment, is something we we can't necessarily stop the reaction, but we can maybe be in more in charge of how we're responding internally and the steps that we take because of it. So the lens is through an energetic perspective with the foundational understanding that I am not my body, but I can be more in charge of what happens with my body and how I respond in the world through my body. So I can't stop the stress, but I can learn how to identify what's happening inside of me, my emotional reaction, my, my thought process around how I'm, how I'm um, interpreting what's happening and what I do about it. Many of us are stuck in survival patterns that we learned to strategies we learned to deal with stress as children that worked very well in childhood. And now as adults, it's often self-sabotaging behaviors because we're in the habit of responding to the world 
in a way that we learned how to respond to the world as children with very underdeveloped nervous systems and brains, not no ability to really make sense of the adult world. And we're still, as fully functioning adults, responding to the world in the way that we did as overwhelmed children. So if we can learn, this is just what our body does. Your body is going to respond to the environment and we want it to respond to the environment. But many of us are stuck in a defensive response, either that fight, flight, or freeze response. But when we can learn to slow down and pay attention, oh, this is what my body is doing. This is just an experience. It doesn't have to be good or bad, but I can be curious about the experience, curious about what's happening in my body, and I can slow down and I might be able to make a decision that's better than my old behaviors. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, my one of my patterns was check out if I'm overwhelmed, just don't be in the body. <laughs> it's too scary down there. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. I'm just going to check out. And so I, I kept doing that even as an adult when I didn't need to do that. And that's not very helpful in the real world to be checked out. So I've had to learn that, okay, it's my automatic response is to check out. But now that I know that it's just my body, my body is used to checking out. Now I can slow down and go, oh, I would rather be here. I'd rather be grounded. So I'm working with my energy. I'm going to bring my life force energy back into my body. I'm going to keep it here intentionally. I'm going to learn to ride the wave of the uncomfortable experience, knowing that now in the present moment, I'm okay. It's just my nervous system. It's just my body doing what my body is supposed to do, but I'm not my body. I'm just having this experience. And I actually have a lot more agency than I thought I had. I do have a lot of ability to shift and change and do things differently. Mm. So when I look at this through the lens of the energetic response and the nervous system response, and that it's just my body, it's not really who I am. I feel so much more empowered and I might still have pain, but I just don't suffer as much. Again, this is such a game changer and it's something that I feel like I've implemented into my own personal healing and i'm now seeing you know this method being used with a lot of the clients i walk with medicine clients and mentorship clients and it really has been such a an eye-opening kind of um revelation because i feel like i'm being brought people who have had pretty intense childhood trauma that i'm walking with um, I'm really curious from your perspective, how somagetics and these, this modality can also support grief, because I feel like that's also something that, um, has been coming up a lot lately. Again, with everything happening in the world right now, there's a lot of intensity in the feelings and, um, that are coming through. And what I'm noticing is that the, I think you, you called it the window of tolerance. A lot of the windows of tolerance that I am witnessing are very narrow or or uh, yeah very narrow Mm -hmm. small and i'm curious in in a moment like this where it feels like everything is chaotic how would you navigate that you know what would your advice be for somebody who needs to kind of just manage manage their feelings manage the grief going through this so I feel like it's important to, when we're 
when we're feeling this kind of collective chaos and overwhelm, it's important to really slow down and ground into what's at my front door right now. Like Mm -hmm. what, what do I need to handle in my world right now so that I can become a little bit more regulated so that I can feel calmer within myself because I can't help anybody else if I am dysregulated and not able to stay grounded and firm and connected within myself. So first and foremost, I need to put aside all of the reactions I'm having to the external world and come into myself and feel like I can manage my own nervous system in the moment. So being really more internally focused and calm, but alert, not frozen, not in fight or flight, but very calm and clear headed. And then I have to recognize that the emotions that I have, emotions are energy in motion is what Laura used to say, right? It needs to move. So if I don't want to feel an emotion, my natural response will be to try and resist it, to block it, to ignore it, to check out, to, you know, many different strategies to not feel the grief or the overwhelm or the emotion that we're having. So what I've learned through this work is that I can allow the emotion, the energy to be in motion And when I make space for that, it goes away. Hmm. Even grief, grief can take longer. There's no time frame here, but it is what it is. But if I can soften and allow the wave to come over me and I give space for it to show up, to reach the peak of the experience and to discharge I can function much better in the world because I'm not spending so much energy trying not to feel the emotion or not to feel the feeling. Hmm. So I'm, I've learned and I teach people through this program and I teach my clients to when they are in an appropriate safe space to allow themselves to ride the wave of the emotion and experience trusting, maybe not being so sure, but they trust me at first to, I promise that if you can allow yourself to have the full organic experience of the energy in motion, the emotion, that it does move on. Hmm. But we we spend so much time trying to not feel that it takes a lot of energy to hold your feelings and not feel. All that life force energy, what could you be doing with that, right? You could be helping the world be a better place, but... Instead, you're exhausted and you're fatigued because you're trying not to feel something that needs to be seen and heard and moved. So a lot of the work that we do in trauma healing is allowing for the safe space. First of all, building your window of tolerance to your own experience of the emotion and the sensation of the emotion so that you can ride the wave. So there might be some time building the window of tolerance. But then once we have enough tolerance, we're able to actually go back into an unresolved experience or emotion and give it the opportunity to have the full charge up and discharge of the experience. 
So we don't have to relive the trauma. We have to work with what's still alive in us that we've been resisting or blocking. And so it's a simple, simple thing you can learn. It's not easy at first, but it's simple. And these are the things that we teach with somogenics and, and that you've learned and that you're finding is so helpful with your clients, right? Is that I'm helping them become more tolerant to their own experience. Mm. I'm helping them to be able to experience fully and discharge it fully so they have more space. Then we have the capacity to help other people. Then we have the capacity to make a change in our communities and ultimately in our world. But we've got to be able to regulate and um, tolerate the natural emotions that are going to show up because we're mm. beings that are we're emotional beings. But we are not the emotion. The emotion is the experience. It's not who we are. Thank you for that clarification, because I feel like um, there's a couple of things that came up as you're explaining that. I feel like there's a a lack of trust in the body to be able to withstand. And so I hear a lot sometimes about fear, fear of feeling the feelings. And so that creates that resistance. Like I, I just need to like make it go away, you know? Um, and I love what you're also saying that it's about turning that energy and that lens back on us first, regulating us first like ourselves first getting ourselves to a place where we can be of service to the world to our communities to our loved ones because that's impossible until you're able to be with your own feelings and regulate your own nervous system through it it's so crucial yes exactly and it's it's important to honor and respect the pattern of not wanting to feel the emotion or to resist it because that pattern probably kept you um, alive. It helped you survive the world um, as children. Like we learn how to cope when we're children. And if, if our coping mechanism was to just stuff the feeling or to throw it out and, you know, onto somebody else verbally and complain about it, or it was to like me check out and just not even <laughs> acknowledge it. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, or, or merge with somebody to somebody else is, I need somebody to make me feel better. You know, mm -hmm. those, those patterns of not, of, of protecting ourselves from the feeling that at one point was overwhelming um, was needed. And mm -hmm. uh, we want to have respect for that. So I totally respect that there's fear and it's hard to let go of the old pattern because it did keep you safe at one point. But the truth is that now most of us are able mm. to um, do things differently. We just need the skills. We just need the skills. And part of what we do as practitioners is to hold the vision and the space while a client experiments, even though they're scared. They mm. experiment touching into their own emotion, even though it's really scary. And I hold space and I, I, I have faith and a hundred percent belief in my client's capacity to do this, even when they don't. Mm. So holding that vision and trust for them while they experiment with this. And it takes a lot of courage to do this. 
a lot of yeah. courage. So I, I want to always honor the sacred space that I enter in with a client. And if a client is courageous enough to come and ask for some support with this, I hold that with the utmost respect and hold the sacred space and trust in their timing. Some people it's quick, some people it takes time, that's okay. I, mm -hmm. I trust the divine timing. I trust their process. I trust every bit of information that comes into a client session that it's useful and necessary. And I trust completely in the client's ability to access their own healing mechanism and find their own answers. Hmm. That trust is, it's everything I feel like in this work. And I think that is probably, if I were to, um, to name one of the things that I needed to receive from the training, first and foremost, it was, it's that. It's that everyone is okay. You are okay. And you have everything you need. And this holding of space that you're talking about, holding the sacred space to allow them to feel the safety, to be able to feel all these really scary things. Um, yeah, I feel like there's such magic in that. And, and there's total scientific, like, um, you know, validation that's upholding this as well. And the other thing I wanted to mention is, um, you know, speaking as a, a person who just recently got certified in this, um, the training that you do, there's some people who want to go through and they want to become facilitators. And there's other people who go through and they want this for themselves, for their own healing. And that's also something that I find so beautiful about what you're offering too. Mm, yeah, thank you. You know, some people just want this for these skills, because really that's what this is, is just simple skills. And they want this for themselves, for their family, for their community, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I want more people to learn how to do this because our world will be different when we are able to be more regulated and be more identified with our divine self than with our defended self. So in a nutshell, that's what I feel like my mission in the world is, is to help people be more identified with their divine essence and understand this is just an experience that I'm having. And I do have, it's valid. I have a traumatic experience. That's valid. It's an actual experience, but it's just an experience. It's not who you are. Mm. And when you start to feel that divine essence inside of yourself, like that's who I really am. Life is magical. I mean, absolutely magical. I can literally sit and talk to you all day long. <laughs> I feel like everything, every time I sit with you, whether it's in a, a session um, with you or in class, there's always something that comes through that is just some, it's like salve on my heart. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you for everything that you do and share. Um, I have five final questions for you if mm. you are down for that. I'm down. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I always like to end the episode with these five questions just because they're fun. And for me, it's illuminating too. Um, and just interesting wisdom comes through. So the first question is, what would your final meal be at the end of your life? Strawberries. Just plain <laughs> strawberries? <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> simple and 
beautiful, perfect. <sighs> Question number two, what song or sound do you want to hear as you take your final breath? Uh, the sound of my child laughing. Even though he's 21, he's not a child anymore. His, <laughs> his laughter is the most beautiful music to my ears. What is one sensory experience that you will miss so much on this earth? Smell. Smell? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any particular smell? Strawberries would be one. <laughs> um, you know, I live in the forest, so the smell of the trees and the dirt and the, the rain, I... I have a lot of experience being out of my body and I, I don't smell when I'm not in my body. So I will miss that smell of the forest. I love that so much. I, I live in a forest too. And I know that damp smell that you're talking that about. Earth, that earth, right? That like really oh. earthy feminine mother goddess Gaia <sighs> smell. Oh my gosh. Full on chills. I'm going to go take a walk after this. <laughs> what is something you want to leave as your legacy for the next generation? You are more than you think you are. I feel like I need that written in my house. Something I could see every single day. And finally, if you could start this life all over again, what's one thing you would do different? I would not worry about what I look like. I've wasted so much time and energy worried about how I look and um, wasted, just wasted time and energy. I would just embrace the fact that I have a body, that I get to be here and savor it, savor it more. I love that word savor too. It's so perfect. Thank you, Kimberly, so much for your presence and your wisdom, your medicine, everything that you share, just your being. And I feel like in the same way that perhaps you were looking at Laura going, I want to be you when I grow up, I feel that way about you, you know, and I feel that way about Laura when I was working with her as well. You know, the things that I feel like both of you have shown me is Truly, it's changed my life. And I see trauma differently now. I I don't fear it the way I used to. And even my relationship with my body, we're closer now, I think, because of this work. So I'm just really grateful. Thank you so much for the opportunity to spend time with you and to share these ideas. And, and thank you so much for having the courage to show up and follow your calling. And, and I've gotten to to know you a little bit and know a little bit about your story and, and how you've gotten here. And I'm so proud of you and so impressed and inspired by your willingness to step in to this calling. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and joining in our conversation. Mom is produced by Trip with Ellen with so much joy and so much gratitude for bringing these intimate stories to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on your preferred podcast app 
and take the time to leave us a review. This ensures that we can continue to sustain our production through your support, which opens up new monetization streams for us. Follow us on Instagram at mumthepod. See you at the next episode. Until then, remember, every death offers a portal to life.